Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to our final episode of Queer Talk, a queer podcast that brings you a regular dose of positive news stories and fabulous interviews. Do not be alarmed. This is not our final episode forever, but it is the end of season two and we're definitely going out with a bang. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you two are so sweet. <laughs> we're bringing you a double dose of goodness because today we're joined by the delightful couple Aisha Shabu and Lexi Lenoir. They're the power couple from UK Black Pride who deliver POC happiness every year. They also bring you moonlight experiences and share beautiful queer magic on their travels around the world on the Queer Nomads Insta page. So how are you both? What good this morning. Yeah, we're doing yeah. good, yes. Happy to be here. Yes. Lovely. Just rolling out of bed onto the interview like like true queer professionals. We need to get every minute <laughs> of sleep these days, so it works, it works, you know. This is every day for us, so <laughs> we're ready. I bet. So as this is the finale, we wanted to save the best guests till last. <laughs> I hope that none of our other listeners are listening today because if they are, we might offend some people. But once again, we are very excited to sit down today with the beautiful Aisha and Lexi. So let's jump straight in with some questions. So I'm going to go right to the beginning of this story because... Our listeners and I adore a love story, and I would like to know whether it's meet cute or online dating, how this story started. Do you want to go for okay. it? Or do you want me to let me say my version, or is it your version? Okay. Oh, there's two versions. Because there's, right. there's two. There's two. There's uh, yeah, versions. there's two versions, and my one is obviously the right one. Well, four years <laughs> later, we still can't tell you which version is true so we'll tell you the quick version just because we've got a lot of questions to go through later uh, we initially met at UK Black Pride we didn't know each other we didn't have the same circle of friends back then Alexia was working with an ex of mine you know I said hi never saw her again and then a couple of weeks later we met at Freedom Bar on a <laughs> Thursday <laughs> night yes <laughs> But the thing is, you know, it was just by coincidence because it was the Thursday night. You were celebrating with your work colleagues. Mm, and awards. Mm. Yeah, you had an awards night. Um, and then I came by to say hi because I remembered her. So, but did you remember me, babe? Yes. Uh, vaguely, I did. Hesitation there. <laughs> <laughs> drinking her coffee um you know obviously they were drinking enjoying the thing is i need to put this out there is that we had free drinks all night and we were in another venue and then by the time we were at freedom bar we were we'd already spent like three hours drinking on the company so yeah just a little bit of context <laughs> just a little context yeah on the record i was drunk <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, I remember that. I'm just great with faces, but I was like, oh, hi. And then um, she started following me, like hanging out with us. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cute. To be honest, like 
She was with her work colleagues and she preferred to hang out with me and my yeah, friends. Just hanging out. It was nice. You know, was Freedom really Bar. Nice. And then when yeah. they open downstairs, it kind of gets a bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those polls. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Especially when you have one too many, you definitely get yeah, on those Yeah, I did have a go at the poll as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we literally met. Um, we spent the whole night together dancing together in the, like groups of friends. And then later on, we met up. Well, we started talking like a while later. And then Alexia wanted to meet. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. I have chicken pox. But she thought I was trying to ghost her and blow yeah. her off. <laughs> I did. What? I mean. What an excuse. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like out of every excuse that you could come up with. But actually, it, it turns out it was true because she sent me a picture. I was, like, I was like, it's oh, real. Okay. I was oh, like, it's chicken real. Chicken pox is real. <laughs> yeah, I don't, chicken pox is no joke. No, it's quite serious. Oh, it's yeah. quite serious. But then after I recovered, we I met a up. month later. Yeah, yeah, it took you a month to recover. It really we did. We went on our first date in August. Yes, and then that is it. We've been together ever since. Yeah, she never let me go. <laughs> well, Pretty the much. ring is on my fingers. Yes. Yes, congratulations. Is is this going to be the first, like, UK Black Pride wedding? Yes. I, I believe Definitely. so. I Unless someone outweighed us, but... Yeah, it's likely somebody else, but they just haven't told us, so we, we can claim that role. Claim it. <laughs> <laughs> now, you obviously have a number of projects that you work on together, and they often say to keep home and work separate. So talk to us about working with your partner. I think, Lexi, you should go first. Is this often a collaborative effort or do you do you end up sitting in separate rooms and be like, listen, I just like we can we can do this together, but I need some space while I work on this. Um, It's actually really easy for us. You know, we've had a really good lockdown actually she has her work and i have mine and this is where we separate but when we work together we work together really well we understand boundaries i get it when she has to jump on a call and i have to go next door we work in harmony we work together very well and we work separately very well and we understand each other on the level and it's just like well we're both really busy i plan weddings and I'm trying to set up my own company as well, Queer Weddings. And she has her thing as well. And everybody wants to talk to Aisha because she's <laughs> Aisha. And I get it because I'm like, I'm the opposite. Like in personality, we're opposites. Yeah. And so I get it. I'm very introverted. I'm literally happy in my corner. Whereas she's out there talking to everybody. And I'm like, that's cool because I don't want to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Even if sometimes she tries to bring me in. But we yeah, really work well. We do together and separately as well we understand like when i need to retreat i need to retreat did that take a while to get into when you when you first started working together was there like uh any any tension mm. around that or was it has it always been quite ha- harmonious yeah it is very harmonious because also i have my i have my forte and I, i'm like a creative yeah. i would do like the photos and the videos and stuff even for our queer nomads accounts mm-hmm. i'll be doing all of that stuff and she'll be doing the paperwork or she'll be writing <laughs> stuff so we understand each other's strengths as well as weaknesses so yeah. in in that context then this is why we work well together because i'm not going to ask her to take pictures for things because i know it takes me a while she, she, it takes her a while she <laughs> I doesn't, get it doesn't necessarily but... like it as well and i'm quicker yeah to pick up the camera and do things and to think about creative stuff yeah um, so yeah we bounce off of each other 
Amazing. It just works, Spencer. It just works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, but tell me when it doesn't work. Yeah, no, yeah. because Mufsine and I, I mean, Mufsine and I don't live together, thank God. But we're, we're, we're still trying to find that harmony, you know? We're still trying to find that harmony. Mm. Aisha, you're the head of community at UK Black Pride. And Lexi, you're the head of operations. There's a lovely family there who are running the show. Oh, yeah, there is. There is. But you two have very key roles in running it as well. So I'd love to hear more about how each of you got involved with UK Black Pride. Um, well, I mean, I've always kind of volunteered since I was 18, um, working for different organisations, whether it's like an asylum seeker refugee charity, whether it's working with children, um, putting on like activities, football games. I used to play football when I was younger as well, so um, I really enjoyed that so when i moved back so when i was 18 i moved from london to norwich so i was based in norfolk for about seven years so doing different things working for the charities up there and i was at university so when i came back to london it really felt isolating and it really felt hard to connect with the community despite the fact there's more queer bars you know up in norwich i had one gay pub and you know there was no diversity i felt often that i was the only black a woman in the whole of Norwich. Um, so it was nice to come back to London, but I often felt it was really difficult to get to know the community and to kind of find your tribe. So Alexia was already at UK Black Pride when mm -hmm. we met. And so once I started to get to know her and started spending a lot of time, I realized it was also an organization I wanted to be part of because it aligned with all the work and the things I've done in the past. And so that's why, that's how I got involved. It's been like, is it three years now for me, I think? No, or maybe yeah, three I think, or four years. Yeah, three or four years wow. at UK Black Pride now. Yeah, and I've been working with UK Black Pride for maybe five or six years, volunteering. Yeah. I was just volunteering with Kaza Rose. She got me into it. Later on, um, Phil wanted me to run the, the operations team because it's also my day job. Yes. I run yeah. events mm. and through like a planning and operation. So she wanted me to head the team. So yeah, never left since then. We're still here, still, still queer. <laughs> still queer. And we're not still going anywhere. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and you know, it's, it's amazing to be planning this event every year. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been growing and growing yeah. and growing. Yeah, and no, I've, I've definitely been seeing how UK Black Pride's grown. Um, yeah. I've only been going the last three, four years, but just like from, was it Vauxhall to East yeah. London? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's grown Park. massively. Yeah, yeah. It takes me a while to queue up, so if <laughs> I could skip the queue next time. Oh, <laughs> come and see me next time. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm making sure I'm making sure. on the door. Um, but I know, I know, Lexi. I know, Lexi. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call Lexi. She knows who I am. <laughs> I'll be like, who? Sorry, I can't hear. <laughs> yeah, um, no. It's uh, you know, it, we we didn't expect. Uh, such a huge amount of people to turn up at the event, to be honest mm. with you. So that was about 10,000 people the whole day. Wow. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It is. And I feel like for me, you know, it's such a beautiful team and also to be able to serve the community and truly give yourself because it's work that is necessary and it's work that is important. And in saying that also, for people to really support and keep updated with various things that are going on, especially, you know, recently we launched our survey and it's very important to be active and to collaborate with us so that we can 
advance and better the things that would help us as you know queer people but also especially queer people of color in the uk yeah 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 absolutely like who else is doing a survey specifically for queer people of color Mm -hmm. to really understand what the community they need and want so lexi as it's a digital event this year how's that going on the operation side (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit more of a challenge because it's quite different so this year we wanted to do a virtual event obviously covid and Mm. we don't know where everything is going at the minute especially now we have a new variant and all of this and all and we didn't want to go back and forth and promise something that we could not deliver yeah so we're going all virtual but it's going to be over three days this year wow um, we're still going to have our main stage on the Sunday, so that will be live streamed. Other than that, Friday and Saturday will be virtual rooms with different topics or different audiences. And it's going to be amazing, but it is a lot of work. It's it is. a lot of work. It really is. But things are, things are happening. It's it's going to be amazing. Like the, the main stage is fully programmed now. Amazing. Got all those, those amazing artists. <sighs> Seriously, um, the conversations as well. It. I think it's it's important, especially the theme love and rage, which is so important. The past year, it's all it's it's been all about that, about love, mm. about rage, about about everything in between. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be quite something. I hope that you will be participating as well. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited. Yeah. Just just to touch on that theme of love and rage, I wanted to ask you both what those words mean to you specifically. Now, of course, with a theme like that, it will be very specific to a lot of people's experiences over the last year. But what what does that mean specifically to you, and why is that important that uh, UK Black Pride is is chosen that for this year? Rage, because there's been so much happening in the past year in terms of racism, in terms of activism. Um, you know, we are angry. We are we want to protest, we, we want our voices to be heard, but also keeping the love because this is what keeps us afloat. You know, you always have to think, you know what, I must, I must act from a position of love. Otherwise, this rage that we have will be completely off. Yeah. When we protest, it's just a way of, for us to get our voices heard. It's not to, you know, to destroy everything or to go for the police or all of that. It's just literally, we want our voices to be heard. Mm. Uh, but we must come from a place of love because we love our siblings and we want to we wanna protest for them, for our trans siblings, for black people, for everyone who's not had this opportunity. Also, a lot of people don't have voices. You know, mm. the thing that happened with Israel and Palestine at the minute, we need to be... We need to be in solidarity with Palestine because it's it's important for us, you know. But we love our siblings and we want to protest with them. That's what the love and the rage come. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I echo what Alexia said. She said it all pretty well. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I know, no. Normally, I don't talk so much. <laughs> like, keep on, keep going. Um, yeah, I, I just think also, you know, in terms of rage, we're allowed to feel that it's, you know, it's an emotion that would help us and to provide that release, much needed release. Mm. So with that rage, you can, you know, release those emotions. And then with the added love, for me, I will say everything is, um, you need balance. And so having that love and rage gives us the right balance to push mm-hmm. towards all the things that we need to do in life with, uh, and to promote that change and to challenge the injustices. Mm-hmm. So 
love and rage all the way whatever you do in life yes. put those two next to it's, each other it's like the yin and the yang yes. absolutely it is a good balance of both because absolutely. yeah and it's it's yeah. a safe space as well. Like UK Black Pride is a safe space for you to go, and you can you can feel that anger, you can feel that rage, you can feel that love. But it's okay mm-hmm. because you know you're going to be with your people, you're going to be in a safe space. So like, however those emotions play out, you know the mm-hmm. conversations you'll be having and stuff. Like I just, it it feels very wholesome. Like people will be actually able to express. You know, when you're stuck at home in a pandemic and stuff like that, it's quite hard to express these emotions. You often just sit mm-hmm. with yourself and feel them. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what what UK Black Pride is going to do with that theme and provide I know it's all top secret at the moment but the conversations the performances I think people have waited to be uplifted uh, mm-hmm. for a year you know yeah. and and yeah sure and you yeah. know um Phil has been working on this for 16 years now yeah and yeah. she's mm-hmm. always put the community at the top her everything is about UK Black Pride and the community and making sure that we looked after those a hell of a lot for the community. It really does. And I think we, we need we need stop. a minute to praise because yeah, we do. You know, you have no idea what goes behind the scene, and you can pretty yeah. much, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah a little you, bit. You, you but can it's tell just a that she fraction. does love, but the, the, the work the that reality. she puts into this, and you know, bearing in mind that she's working also for Kaleidoscope. Um, you know, she has different engagements, different teams, and. You know, she never yeah. misses a beat. UK yeah. Black Pride is always going to be at the top. We we need to know what what she has for breakfast and stuff because she <laughs> she I don't, I don't know what I don't know what she's on, but she, <laughs> something's she, keeping her awake. We need to know that. <laughs> she's one she's one of those superhumans that's getting twenty five no, hours out of every day. She is a superhuman. She, yeah. she, um, she has know, to be. We are also to here to uplift her because she needs it. Yeah, you know here. you can't run like that on nothing. Yeah, you, you need your community. You need your community, and mm. this is what we're here for. You know, we're here to uplift her. Yeah, I think what you said about. There's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes mm-hmm. and people don't know. I think Spencer and I also kind of understand that. Like we, people are like, oh, you do a podcast. It's just our recording. But I like, know there's so much more to it. Like Absolutely. I don't see it. And I'm sure with UK Black Pride and like everyone else that's been involved for all those years, like you guys put so much into it. It's a four year thing mm. for your commitment for a one weekend. Mm. Absolutely. And like with Lady Phil, like she always has time to say hello as well. Yeah, like, she really busy. does. Why are you wasting time saying hello to us? <laughs> she makes sure that she answers every email, every text, even if message. it's in three months' time, she will still reply. <laughs> because this is how this is how she is. She just wants yeah. to be able to engage with every single person and make sure that we we'll look after. Talking about busy people, mm. Aisha. Oh no! <laughs> you've been really busy during this pandemic, right? Jesus. Curating online experiences with Moonlight Experience. Is yes. this so? Is this a new venture? Yeah. Well, this is a venture started pre the pandemic. So it's an organisation I felt that was needed to celebrate, I guess, queer culture, nightlife, mm. travel, and community, but also because. Honestly, the travel industry is not diverse. Um, there's a lack of representation in terms of for women and for people of colour, let alone queer people in general. Queer people that are in the industry are predominantly gay white men. And I felt that we needed that visibility and representation through Moonlight Experiences um, because so many people travel and it is a very big industry which also has the ability to support the community so for example 
you know, as queer people, we travel four to six times more than heterosexuals. Do we? Yeah, yeah. It's that much. <laughs> wow. It's, it's incredible, like, how much, the, how big the industry is. And at some point before the pandemic, the world was going to see 130 million LGBTQ travelers. You know, we, in terms of, like, when you think of us as a small community or as a niche population, we have a big spending power. And alone, even in the UK, we spend something like 70 billion every single year, just as LGBTQ kind of citizens within and the UK. It's us. You know? And, and yeah, absolutely. And, and I just believe that, you know, if we target our money, we can support the community better. We can uplift absolutely. those within our community that are underrepresented, um, especially the creatives that you don't see in Soho, the drag kings, the drag queens, um, but also just to help sustain um, venues that are not in Soho as well, venues that need uplifting and empowering. Our queer community can do that. So it's mm. just about me trying to make sure that people see that but also whilst they're traveling, they feel safe. They hang out with us. They don't feel like they're alone because we live in a very liberated like country. A lot of the people I meet, they don't have that. You know, they come from Dubai, they come yeah. from the Middle East, they come from various places around the world and they need to feel the same queer joy you know, that we have, you know, sometimes, you know, we go, oh, yeah, I don't want to go to the same bar, the same things, because we're used to that. But for somebody that's never had that, it's a life-changing experience and a beautiful moment um, for them to have. So much, to, I had not even thought about that before, thinking about the fact that the travel industry for queer people is so white male focused. I'm thinking back to what I would see when I go traveling and it's just like, oh, there's this one gay bar, it's full of white men. I never really thought about, oh yeah, how my experience would be better if I just knew the right places to go to where it's a bit more safer, diverse. And I imagine a lot of people go to Soho just because it's Soho and that's how it's been for decades. Absolutely, you can Google that. That's where, that's the places that come up on Google. All the beautiful things, all our Vogue nights, all the live cabarets, all the beautiful mm. things that make our community special. You can't find that on Google because that's us. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. it's Moonlight Experiences. Absolutely, absolutely. You don't just signpost events, you also curate and make your own events. Um, so what have been your standout events? I think, I mean, because of the pandemic, for me, just the online experiences have been mm. beautiful because it just means that it's more accessible. You don't have to come to London to experience our queer community. You can watch performances, but mainly I try to educate people about things that we're not taught in school as queer members because we're not expected to know everything about ourselves. Yeah. Nobody taught us. We all learn and we grow and we evolve, but also to educate allies, to be good allies, but those who want to support the community and support it well. What should they be doing better? You know, they're coming on board, they're paying for these experiences, and this, you know, the profits we make is going back into the communities, going back to the um, creatives as well. So it's important for them to understand, especially during Pride. What can we do better? How do we understand the community? What is the etiquette of our behaviour when we come into a queer space? Mm -hmm. And it's also for us to understand that we need help. 
you know, throughout. We can't do everything on our own. So allies do and can play a vital part. But when they come into our space, it's to be able to respect it, be able to support us with resources and money in the right places at the right time. Yeah. And pretty much all year long. So this is yeah. what I try to do through the experiences. And it's been so beautiful because we're able to reach everybody around the world. Gorgeous. And you're not just doing it yourself, are you? You have a fabulous team helping you. Yes. Oh Would my. you like to give some of them a shout out? Yes, absolutely. Well, there's one here. Alexia is <laughs> helping me. She helps with some of my social media. I have Paul, who is incredible. They write a lot of the beautiful articles you've started seeing. And then we've been doing a lot of interviews with Maria, who does that. And I have um, also now, we're working on expanding our platform. So we have a website designer who's doing yes. that behind the scene. So the concept is or more queer people to be putting on experiences, whether it's online or whether it's in person in different cities as well. And for us to be supporting activists, like, you know, activists that are in Nigeria and Ghana, you'll be able to share their story, you'll be able to listen, and that can directly support them. Because, you know, there's so many big organizations out there, but they need money right now. And that would be able to support them to create their own safe spaces. For example, you, you know, most of the queer organizers in Nigeria and Ghana need 30 pounds just to be able to gather other queer people, to feel safe, to have a safe haven. But that doesn't come easy. We mm-hmm. can do that, you know, whilst educating ourselves, whilst supporting them as well, and whilst enjoying you know, that queer joy and that queer community. So, um, yeah, so I'm so glad that I have more people on board to kind of help and support the expansion and growth of Moonlight experiences. Well, we can't wait to see what it grows into now we're coming out of a post-lockdown life. So any listeners mm. out there, find Moonlight Experiences on Instagram. We'll be tagging yes. all 27 of your accounts and <laughs> every post, every post. <laughs> By, by the end of it, everyone will just be like fed up of like hitting follow on every, every page. <laughs> but they're, they're all so important. You've, you've done exactly what we did. We saw, we saw a gap and we saw a space and we said, mm. right, no mm. one is representing. And he, mm. instead of like, you know, being bitter and sitting at home going like, oh, you know, I wish one day someone would, you know, do something like this. Just get up and do it yourself, you know, yes, because, because then, you know, you're going to do it right. You're going to do it with the best intentions. Mm. And and that's exactly what you've done. And I think, again, like the growth happens quickly because you soon find other people that are like, oh, I've been sat at home waiting for this to exist, too. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden it's just a full circle moment. And it's well, nice. I didn't even know I wanted it to exist. No. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just those things like you don't realize that you need. Yeah, until it's but... there. <laughs> What I find really admirable about the two of you is you use your skills. You're very skillful people and you're using them for the like for the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> the greater good, whatever that is. Well, this is it, you know. Yeah, we have to do our part, you know, as queer people, but also as, I guess, members of society who, wants, who need to create change. You know, change starts with us. It doesn't start with this invisible energy. Yeah. Okay? It starts with us making the effort and putting mm. in the work. You know, yeah. um, really putting in the work, putting in the time, because that's how change happens. And we want to live in a better world. Yeah, you know? it's true. I think that's what you said. Like, we can't just wait for someone else to do the job. Or maybe we can do it ourselves. And we can. And we consider ourselves very privileged as well. You know, we have housing, we have jobs, we have regular income. And not many people in, in the community that we are part of have this kind mm. of opportunity. So... Yeah. 
I'm not going to be like uh, getting all my flowers and then just watch everyone from exactly. the top. And you know what I mean? I it just doesn't make any sense to me. I want to elevate other. everybody. Absolutely. If I eat, you eat. Yeah. Uh, which is always the kind of uh, stuff that we want to keep on our mind. It's not about the money. It's not about you the know the fame or the or status whatever. or Instagram followers. I don't care about that. Literally, I could have one follower. <laughs> and happy, it's know? true. Um, it's I don't have true. time to interact with everybody as anyway, well. Like we're busy. You know, we're busy. <laughs> we are. We're busy. busy. We're busy on the ground. <laughs> like we said, it's for us. It's it's more of a communal thing. Yeah. Like, well. If I can do that for you, then I'll do it. If I can't, I can't. Yeah. And I'll try to do it find in another way, way or yeah. find someone who can. But yeah. if I can elevate people, then I will because this is what we're about. And at the end of the day, the community uplifts us. Yeah. So we must uplift them too. It's it's a two way give and take. It, it two is. way, whatever you call it in English. <laughs> this, this is too much cuteness. I wish I wish our listeners could could see you both because the, the way you look at each other when the other person is talking, just with these like puppy dog eyes, it's so sweet. Um, but you're you're exactly right. It's it's about you know I, there's a lot of people in our community that are very for themselves and they're trying to mm. rise to the top and that that's important you know we do need to represent yeah. we do need to take take over spaces that aren't for us but being being for the community and the community lifting you up and vice versa like that relationship mm. is a lot more um affirming i found mm. um because you mm. know that you're on that journey with people who are, who Absolutely. are we to <laughs> to be the the speakers on behalf of the community who are we to mm-hmm. represent everybody yeah. um so yeah you're absolutely right um touching on yet another amazing project that you both do um you got engaged in late 2019 so congratulations yes. on that. Thank you. Um, and that neatly marked the beginning of your joint travel page on Instagram uh, yes. called The yes. Queer Nomads. Now, yes. the reason this stood out to me is because um, I thought it was normal that when you're planning a holiday, you Google what the LGBT rights are in that space to make sure that you're not going to be, um, you know, arrested on the street or like that you're not, illegal, <laughs> that you're not illegal when you're like having a little sunbathe. <laughs> you, know, you have to decide what to wear. You can't go. You can't go out in your, you know, your full queer attire. <laughs> and here you are once again <laughs> with your little Instagram page telling us, you know, where's safe, who to talk to, where to go. Um, so not that we need any reason to celebrate and share these photos of beautiful queer people, but tell us again, what what is this page in, and, and why do you do it? We do it mainly for visibility, mm-hmm. to show that a black queer couple can do things. And we, we are travellers, first of all. Yeah, uh, individually. individually, we've travelled to many places. I think travelling is... Um, it's a really good thing for us to do, to explore, to discover, to, again, um, realise that you're not... There, there, there's more out there yeah. to discover and other people don't have the opportunity that you have. So make sure that you seek those people, talk to those people. You know, we go to... I think one of my favourites is Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Where, I, we got where we got engaged, engaged as well. But, you know, <laughs> the communities, they are so Lovely. nice. They're so welcoming. And it's kind of taking a bit of that as well and bringing it here because sometimes I feel like we, we are too cold here. We, we forget we are too, like, rigid, uh, rigid and in it for ourselves That's, and yeah. we need to open up a bit more. So, yeah, we decided to create this account because we thought, well, you know, why not visibility first and foremost? 
and maybe helping people who are not quite sure if they should travel to certain places. Like mm -hmm. we've been to Dubai and we all know what we Dubai is about. So. Um, but it's about how you behave yourself. And I always say, you know, it's not... The reason why we can't travel to certain countries as queer people is because of the big people at the top. It's yeah. not because of the country itself, yeah, it's not the which, people. you know, countries are so rich in everything you need to discover. Mm. And obviously I'm not going to go to Saudi Arabia because I just, I was just going to go there. But, <laughs> you know, there are countries where you can kind of find the middle ground. Yeah, find a middle ground and be like, you know what? It's actually about the people. It's not about the government. If I can go there safely, mm -hmm. well, we're doing all my checks before, then I will go there. And, you know, connect with the people as well, connect with the queer communities Absolutely. there, see what yeah. we can do, you know, and enjoy ourselves as well because it's a holiday. Yeah. When I go on a holiday, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Um, well, God, it's true. As let's just say, you know, it is a holiday and it's a form of self care. Yes, yeah, in a too. way. The longer the plane journey, the better. Absolutely. It, you know, it's a form of self-care, discovery of all the food, of the cultures. And I think it's also important to, like for us, to go to places that aren't as LGBTQ um, welcoming because the, the community there also needs us. You know, mm. we spend our money in the right places. When you start boycotting places, obviously this is all personal depending on who you are, you are not giving that community a chance also to, mm. to thrive. You know, they rely on our tourism to also open minds mm -hmm. and also is the way travellers are treated is very different to how locals are treated. So it's for us to use that privilege mm -hmm. to benefit the community, you know, not yeah. to shy away from it. Mm -hmm. And also for us to just get out of London. Yeah. And and, and the be, UK. Yeah. <laughs> and we deserve a break. We deserve to be somewhere different. Yeah, so we really it. are big advocates for travelling and learning and learning. developing. And eating. And eating. <laughs> <laughs> Where's, where's the best place to go and eat? Where's, where's your <gasps> Vietnam. Best Vietnam. Vietnam has taken our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Vietnam. Aisha, you made some really good points there. Um, it's definitely given me things to think about because sometimes I'm just like, I'm not going to go to this country because you know, I'm illegal there. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, maybe it's a bit stubborn of me to say it like that. Mm. You're entitled um, to it. But you're entitled yeah, to it as well. You don't feel like going then. Don't no, go. and like, mm. it's a safety thing as well. Like, yeah. Oh, I yeah. have to edit myself. I spent my entire life not trying to edit myself and trying to become more queer and like more transparent and honest. Mm. But then like, oh, I don't want to go to this country because then I'm going to have to like go back into this box yeah. just, mm. to, just to get through security and like mm. get, not, not be um, called out. But you're absolutely right. Like tourists do get treated differently to locals. We do have privilege when we go there and we can open minds, but it's whether you want to take that on as well. Absolutely. If you're the kind of person that's taking that on, massive respect for you and please teach me. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with time. Because there are queer people in these countries who, and these, you know, queer people are everywhere. Like, the uh, queer people in these yeah, countries need us. They do. Yeah. And also once, and seriously, once you meet them and once you see their world and once you're part of it, it's so beautiful. And obviously they do, they can't be as visible as us, but yeah. you, you'll be surprised as how visible they are. So we all, the perception and the reality are two different mm. things. You know, what we see through the media, I was told, oh no, if you go there, you're going to be taken yeah. and killed. The reality is very different. But also, 
as Alexis said, different places have different visibilities and different freedoms. So it's educating yeah. yourself and doing your research. You can be in one place and be totally safe and not in another. It's just being mindful. And I'm hoping Moonlight Experiences can help people navigate that easily and be with the community so you can feel a lot safer being in those yeah. cities. Yeah. And so just with queer nomads, it's just great to see queer black women traveling. Because I, I don't know about you, but my feed is a lot of like white gays traveling and I need to fix that. This it is. Again, we saw a gap in the market. And, you know, there's a lot of these uh, black queer travelers in America. No, yes, more and more now. Point. And everybody's yes. also getting married now. Yeah. I should go there to get more business. <laughs> but, um, but here in the UK, not so much. Yeah, not you so know. much. This is what we're, we're trying to represent and trying to maybe show the way to other couples who may not feel safe mm -hmm. or may not feel like, oh, you know what? Actually, let's let's try to do this or that. You know, it could be anywhere at the end of the day. And anywhere, even in Europe, it's true. we try to find the communities. I'm from Paris. So when we were there to check out some hosts, because she's going to have experiences in Paris as well, we connected with the communities there. And it's, yeah, it's really nice just to connect with people wherever you are. And also from her travelers who, who come to her on her experiences, we invited to stay with them wherever yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> so so that you know, and they show us yeah. the, the queer uh, life, nightlife over there. And it's nice. You know, we don't need to like, pay for places to stay people just invite us yeah, and it's so do. beautiful to know if i go to dubai i have all my trans siblings over there if we go to new york taiwan india like we have a beautiful community it just makes us want to spend every moment out yeah, but sometimes like, i have them. to put my foot down because oh yeah i, I want to see everyone and everyone just wants to talk to everyone and i'm just like i'm on holiday <laughs> let me let me get burned for a bit and then have a cocktail and then we can go and chat yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. true it's true Racking up the miles, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So moving on to the next part, and it's still kind of with everything you do, making connections and creating spaces for people and diverse spaces as well, like not just drinking spaces, but sober spaces. And the one of the most recent announcements you've made is making an LGBT sober space in Shoreditch. Mm. Um, we've had countless conversations on our podcast about having so sober spaces. We've had guests come in and say, like, oh, I would love just to have a space to talk you know mm. where we don't have to drink and there's so much pressure and stuff mm. so we've we've talked about this on the podcast before and it's clearly something that people want and need so could you tell us more about why it's important to you and how you envision this space to be in the community i just feel that 
you know, we've all been having our conversations in different groups about these things and finding alternative and diverse spaces because for so long, queer nightlife or our queer culture has been around gay white men, despite the fact that through liberation movements, through prides, a lot of trans women, a lot of queer women haven't been uplifted and been taken as part of that journey. So we're now in this position where you look at our cities, not just in the UK, but all around the world, where spaces are predominantly run by gay white men. And if you don't fit that narrative, it's very difficult to feel included. Um, I must say there are some amazing venues here in London that we love, that we know are diverse, we know that we belong in, but there isn't enough. And so this new space is very important because we wanted to have a different and alternative to what we're used to. And it has three different spaces. It's all part of like a multifunctional venue. There is a restaurant and a bar on the side because, hey, hey, if you want to eat and drink, that's there for you. And, you know, that's cool to be able to have a hangout where you can sit down and eat with your mates and have a quick drink. But if you don't want that, there's also the element of a bookshop cafe, which will be stocked with intersectional books as well, where you can learn about underrepresented people within our community, where you can educate yourself better, where you can just hang out and work. And within that also, we have two podcast studios because we also want our community to be able to amplify voices so you could be sitting there in the bookshop cafe and listening to us like today talking and you're just out there so it's like trying to bring together all the important aspects of what is you know what we needed or different elements of that and then downstairs as well we do have like a little intimate space where you can put on little events meeting workshops it's not a club night it's like a place where you can generally hang out and you know, listen to discussions, poetry nights, comedy, whatever it is, but having that in doses, but also having an environment where you can form better friendships and connections. Because I think it's so difficult to do that in nightclubs. I mean, it's great. We've we've, we've all done it one way or another, but it's not for everybody. And you keep shouting in people's ears. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Hey, mate, (laughs) what's your name? (laughs) Yeah, we want to be able to talk like this, like we are with you today. You know, wouldn't it be so beautiful to form these connections and conversations just in spaces like that? Absolutely. And I would love to just talk to people not in a smoking area. Oh my God, that's such a good point. Yes, yes, I didn't even think about that. I used to go to smoking areas just to talk to people. Oh, (laughs) yeah, no more. You can come over to our space. And I I, I need to say also, this space is part of a bigger project. This is not just me. Of course it is. You know, uh, I'm part of people who want to make change because as we we were talking all of today, it's all about community, it's all about uniting, it's all about coming together. And part of that is allies. allies yeah. yeah, this space has actually been given to us by allies. They, they, they don't, they're like, hey, we have this space for you. You can use our resources, our expertise, but this is for you. You, you narrate that, you give it to the community, you benefit from what we have. And 80% of the profit will just keep coming back into the community, into the infrastructure, into the services, into support in charities. We really want to create a space like that 
because to be honest it doesn't quite exist and it's a space where already it's predominantly diverse because of the people that will be running it I'm there we have Rachel who's a queer woman we have Angie we have like the GM who is Oliver and it's just already for me visually there's nowhere like it already in London and we haven't even opened yet when, when are you going to open it? So we're looking at opening it later in June. So it will be open. We will announce the dates so that we can invite all of you over to come by and check it out. Amazing. And did you say podcast? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. And affordable as well. Exactly. Affordable. We, yeah, yeah. We need spaces that are affordable that we can hire, that we can use, especially for marginalised community that struggle to access spaces. I mean, 100%. I know... I know how hard it is to try and get an event space in London, you know, and for them to perhaps see my name and go, oh, we don't want you to be too urban. Who's coming in? You know, I've had all sorts of situations. No. So many. Put, them putting their um, minimum bar spent higher yeah. because they don't essentially trust you. You know, there's all these yeah. elements and we don't want, we, don't, we want to cut that out so that we can serve our community so you can access the space, you can unite, you can network, you can meet and make plans to change the bloody world. That's, that's what this place would be for. a perfect person to run this on. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, you two need the to... Love. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. I was going to say get a room, but you already have. <laughs> that was the best. I'm, I'm excited for this to open. I'm excited to see what it does. And like we said, this space has been needed for a long time. Um, and mm. what a gorgeous way to end. Like, let's all change the world, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's play our part. Yeah. Little at a time. Little at a time. Okay, so as we may have mentioned already, this is the finale of season two episode 30 we've recorded with 30 wow. guests which is wild mm. well done <laughs> you two are like yeah, superhuman a great achievement <laughs> yes. beautiful <laughs> and we wanted to play a little fun game with you two lovely ladies today um so there was a tv show back in the day which now looking back probably isn't the best uh, cultural reference but it was called all, <laughs> it was called all star mr and mrs and they basically got couples on and they asked them questions and you had to answer really quickly with like a panel um as we're a podcast if you two just held up a panel no one would know what your answer was so oh, i'm gonna let true. you like fight it out instead unfortunately because of your relationship through this episode i don't think you're gonna get heated which which is absolutely fine <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see how much we can poke and prod you to spill spill the tea basically there's going to be quick fire questions and you basically have to say uh, you know which which one of you is more of something um, that we'll ask in the questions <laughs> oh. all of a sudden they went nervous when you were talking about all your projects you're like i know this this is my space this is what i do Let wow me warm they're up. stretching for our listeners they are stretching this is serious let's do this Okay, welcome to our first ever Queer Talk Mrs. and Mrs. We're joined by Aisha <laughs> and Lexi. The first question is, who is the most romantic? Aisha. Oh, that was easy. That was easy. Nice way to start. Who is the best cook? Me. Aisha. Oh, who is the messiest? Aisha. Aisha. Oh, <laughs> Aisha's going to be the answer to every question. Did you, did you see how I rolled my eyes whilst accepting it? No, not even not. You can't even lie on this Okay, one. all right. It's true. Who has the worst temper? Alexia. Alexia. Oh, oh, baby. Oh, 
when yeah, you, well, when you well, work in events, you you have to have a lot of patience. I work direct. in private events myself, yeah. and everything's chaos. And bridezillas are not are not the one either, right? And, uh, well, the thing is, because I'm very composed at work, yeah. Then when it's time to release stuff, <laughs> I know that she can handle it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you let it all out at home. But I know that yeah. she knows that it's not like serious or whatever, and I just need to release, and she's feel for it. <laughs> What what if I I guess I just have a bit more patience, but I don't know if we told you we're both Scorpios. Oh, yeah, we are both Scorpios. <laughs> so different type of Scorpios, but we you know we're both Scorpios. Might be why you okay. work so well together. I I believe so. We understand each other. Who has the best fashion sense? Aisha. Oh, Alexia. No. Oh no, it's I you, babe. I think it's you. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a no, minimalist, you. so I don't have many clothes, so I wear the same stuff all the time. Yeah, and, but and you, you make a... it work. You always yeah. look good in everything. Some people oh. just have a natural style. Yeah. 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 Is that and, Parisian? And some of us don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is the most forgetful? Aisha. Oh, you forgot that you are the most forgetful. No, that's out <laughs> <Yeah>. Alexia. Wow. <laughs> oh, the shade is coming yeah. out. Wow. The shade wow. is... forget you are forgetful. <laughs> How rude. I don't think I'm forgetful. <laughs> Who is the funniest? Alexia, Alexia thinks she's the funniest. Oh. No, I don't uh, think yeah. I'm not. Okay, Alexia. She's... I'm actually very witty. She is very, she is quite funny. Lexi, yes, yes. Lexi smiled then when you said Alexia and then you were like, think she's the funniest. And she was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Gasp. That's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the first one to admit they're wrong? Oh, we're both stubborn. Oh. I mean, you're on another level. Oh my gosh, Jesus. So I, I'm going to say Alexia. I will say Alexia. Just, I mean, I'll say it's more of a tie, but let's go for Alexia. No, it's not a tie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, who swears the most? Alexia. <laughs> yeah. That goes with the temper, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, no, yeah. I think I swear because I don't know. Is it a French? I don't know. I think because I listen so to a lot of Nicki Minaj. Oh, yeah. She's a big Nicki Minaj fan. Like, she, she is a bad influence, but she's also <laughs> she, a great influence. Right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read on your Instagram you had Nicki Minaj for your engagement. Yes. Yeah, I had yeah. to. She is obsessed with Nicki Minaj. I'm obsessed. I mean, she. she I did. I, mean, I had it's just my favorite song, but I didn't tell her to do that. She did it. <laughs> That's romance right there. It is. I know what she would love. So <laughs> it, it was pretty cute. And last one. Who is the most competitive? Aisha. Me. I, I, I have a competitive streak. I've played football for years. I, I, I like to challenge myself, but also the thing is I'm an amazing team like member and team worker. Like I'm, if I'm part of a team, I'm part of a team and I want us to do well. Yeah. I so think it comes that she used to play football. Yeah. For so many years. And I think you got that yeah. from there. Yeah. And it's also like wanting to... Well, not just be the win. best. You want to win. Yeah, I want to win. I want to be the <laughs> yeah. best, but also you want to achieve things and goals. Yeah. So yeah. being competitive, yeah. I think, is important to a certain degree. And as we said yeah. earlier, love, rage is finding that balance. You have different qualities coming mm-hmm. out at different times. So we need people like that in the queer community. Yeah. You know, people who are competitive, who have that drive. Absolutely, because that's what that's what made competitive with each other. That's yeah, it. but that's what made her. Working through the pandemic with Moonlight Experiences, because, you know, 
the drive, the competition. I mean, there is no competition. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That kind of drive. And I see this in her all the time, which is, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of our Queer Talk, Mrs. and Mrs. Oh, oh we really enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah, I wish I had really more nice. questions. That I wasn't was really sure nice. how it was going to go because you two are too nice to each other, but Lexi, oh, goes, no. Lexi goes in as soon she as... She has no shame. <laughs> She has no shame. <laughs> no filter. And no filter. None. She never has. We've we've ended on such a high, but I feel kind of sad that it's the end of season two already. Um, it's been such a journey, and we have had some incredible guests and touched upon some phenomenal topics. Yeah, I look I look forward to uh, having more conversations in season three. Definitely uh, keep the conversations going. Huge thank you to Aisha and Lexi. Massive thank you, actually, uh, for joining us Big today. Big love to you, Bo. Oh, thank, thank you, you for you. having us. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Lexi underscore Lenoir, but it's a private account, so I take time sometimes to accept people. <laughs> if, I, um, if she doesn't know you, she You, you can't sit with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on at The Queer Nomads on Instagram. And also follow her on um, Queer Weddings as well. Oh, Queer Weddings UK. UK. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she's also an, an, private. <laughs> she's an amazing wedding planner. So if you have friends and if you need somebody, she will sort you out. But for me, follow me at Aisha underscore Shaibel or find me through Moonlight Experiences. And of course, don't forget to follow um, UK Black Pride. UK Black Pride. Because yes. yeah, you find us through there too. Yes. Yeah, we'll drop all these ads in the um, description to the episode as well. So you can find it all there. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We love this. It's been so much fun. (laughs) And to our listeners, don't forget to let us know that you have listened to the show on socials. We are on Instagram at queer underscore talk. And on Twitter, we are queer talk underscore. And if you're up to date with the podcast, go back to episode one and start all over again because you've probably forgotten what we talked about from day one. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.